Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions presents the DFS Lineup Lock Hour, sponsored by DailyRoto.com. All right, let's roll. Game Time Decisions, Ready for Rage Radio. Lineup block live. Let's talk some DFS uh, right now. We've got the king, the Hall of Famer, uh, in the house with us. We bring in Ricky Sanders uh, to join uh, me, Gabriel Morenci, Scott Engel, in for Cam Stewart. Ricky Sanders will join us uh, momentarily. Talk a little uh, DFS action tonight. And looking at the NBA, we got four games in the NBA tonight, uh, Scott, but with the single game showdown. And, you know, DraftKings is an interesting format when you get into these single-game showdowns in football in which you, you pick a captain of your team, a king. You know, there's like a crown, and um, you have to pay one-and-a-half times the salary, but you get one-and-a-half times the points. Uh, you get one-and-a-half times the fantasy points. So selecting the right um, captain, uh, Scott, is, is critical, and it's not always like the, the most obvious choice. I think like a lot of the casual people, you know, I'll just take the quarterback. But the thing is, the quarterback's the most expensive player, and you're playing, you know, you're paying one and a half times the salary for it. You put yourself in a tough position to load up your team. So picking the right captain in the DraftKings format to angle is is critical. It's, it certainly is, you know, because of the multipliers that you, you talk about. And it'll, it'll be interesting to see because, you know, some of those captains – you know, on uh, on DraftKings tonight are are pretty pricey. You know, especially you know you're talking that that Detroit Cleveland game. All right. Uh, so, do we have is Ricky uh, with us right now? All right, Ricky Sanders. What's going on, Ricky? How you doing, Ricky? What's going on? Hey, good Scott. stuff. Always a pleasure, Ricky. Hey, Rick. Hello. Let's talk right, some. Uh, Go ahead. Let's talk some. Let's talk some DFS uh, right now. All right, yeah, we've had some technical difficulties with the phones today, uh, Ricky. So let, let's jump uh, right in here as far as the football game is concerned. You know, it's one of these games where if it was on a Sunday, the excitement level probably wouldn't be overly high. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, it's also a challenge. I was just talking about uh, the captain situation in DraftKings uh, format. And, you know, if, if you're going to take the best player, then it's going to cost you a lot of money. And, you know, you look at uh, D. Hopkins, $18,000 if you put him in that captain spot. Um, Watson, $17,400. There's so many different ways to approach this, and you and I talk about this a lot. You know, you can approach it with the kickers. And, you know, it's a contrarian angle, uh, but you can be successful that way. Some people like to use the defenses in these spots. How are you approaching it? And you look at this game script. How does this game play out in your head, Ricky? And not just in your head, but with your algorithms. You don't get excited over Brock Osweiler, Gabe. I mean, you're, you're underselling this game. But uh, Brock, yeah. yeah, I know. And you know what? You're right. It's revenge. If, if I'm doing it in the promo, yeah. 
Brock Osweiler returns for redemption with a one-in-one record, leading the Miami Dolphins. And I like to clown. They said to Clowney, what do you think of Brock Osweiler coming back? He goes, not much. We didn't win when he was here. I don't really think much of him. <laughs> so uh, there's a little, little, little bit of heat there. But, yeah, I mean, hey, listen, Brock Osweiler has put up some different fantasy numbers on the two games that he's played. Can't take that away from But they were both at home those games. Yeah, definitely not. But this slate just sets up to, to make so much sense to the point where you need to play uh, both Hopkins and Watson, because there's injuries on both sides of the ball here. Uh, and we've got condensed offenses, and the guys who are going to get a decent share of the market share are all cheap. I mean, you've got all these receiving injuries uh, here in Miami. you got uh, no Kenny Stills. You've got uh, potentially just one of their tight ends really healthy. You've got, uh, I mean, Jakeem Grant, we have projected for a percentage of the market share. He's only 6000 on Fandle. On the other side, you've got no Kiki Kute. you got no Ryan Grimm. So all of a sudden, you have all these really cheap pass-catching options who have an expanded role. And, you know, Brock Osweiler himself is not expensive. The running backs in this game aren't expensive. So because there's so much salary relief everywhere, I think you just got to go with one of Hopkins or Watson as your captain and just not get cute here. I mean, of course, in, in terms of game theory, like, everyone's going to do that. But realistically, like, I don't think this offense, talking about Miami, with, you know, half their pass-catching options missing – uh, is going to steamroll this team. I think most the most likely scenario is Houston steamrolls, in which case you know one of Watkins or, or, or yeah, one of uh, Watson or Hopkins is going to be the guy. So I don't think you get cute on this slate. What about uh, Lamar Miller? He's got a revenge game too, and uh, even more of a revenge game maybe than Osweiler. And uh, 11,400 on DraftKings tonight. He's coming off a 100-game game. We know we can't trust Lamar Miller, Rick, but uh, – you know, are you, you seeing him? You, are you seeing him as a viable play tonight? Miami's getting torn up against the run. Yeah, exactly. It's another one of if you're playing the scenario that Houston's going to steamroll, which is a kind of I'm going to abide by, is if they're going to move the football and they're going to get in the red zone, I think you can get that touchdown from Lamar Miller, and he's going to get plenty of work. Besides that, then I think you can. I mean, I am completely fine looking at a, a roster of you know five people and saying. Four of them will be Houston Texans tonight. You can do the run game and the pass game. You could run it back with the kicker if you don't think the Miami offense gets going. But I think Lamar Miller is firmly in consideration to be that third guy from this, this offense. And you can even go a step further and use a fourth. I mean, there's, there's a lot of good options here, um, some cheap ones. I, I mean, it's just such a good setup for this Houston team. Uh, I mean, a guy like uh, Jordan Thomas, <laughs> he's only $1,000. He's showing up in a ton of our optimals because – Again, the starting tight end is out, so there's just a bunch of different ways you can approach this, and a lot of ways include using a ton of Texans. So let, let's talk about one of the Miami Dolphin wide receivers uh, here. If they're going to be playing from behind, they're going to have to air it out and throw it to somebody. Amendola is a little pricey considering his skill set, but let's bring in the, the elephant in the room here and Devontae Parker, who, of course, yeah. years ago, three years ago out of Louisville was supposed to be potentially, you know, one of the steals of the draft and the breakout player. Every training camp, we hear good things and we hear the same things. Oh, this is the year. He's looking great. He's looking great. Well, clearly that's done. I mean, he's played himself out of Gase's favor. The only reason he's even playing is because of the injuries. And I like when Gase was asked, is Devontae Parker going to play? And he goes, well, everyone else is hurt, so I guess so. <laughs> you know, real vote of confidence. Um, but you have Devontae Parker in here. You know, he's $3,100 on DraftKings. Any interest in Parker at all? 
Yeah, this situation reminds me of like my JV baseball team where the coach would tell me I had a knee injury and I couldn't play when I felt fine. Uh, that feels like what this situation for Devontae Parker where the team's been saying he's been hurt and his agent came out saying, no, that's not actually the case. Uh, but finally, I mean, because last week they had to resort to Kenyon Drake at times in the slot, uh, I think they have to play him by default, and we're giving him about 15% of the market share this week. Him and Jakeem Grant, I think it's a really interesting decision this week because we just don't know. I mean, we've seen Grant and Amendola. We haven't seen a ton of Parker yet, so the question is how much do they scheme him into this game after not wanting to play him? I think he's a bit riskier, uh, and I think Jakeem Grant's the guy that I want in cash because of that price point because, you know, uh, you might have Amendola expensive, but he's not, and he's the guy you can fit alongside that that Hopkins of Watson duo. Uh, but I think Parker is a very volatile asset who I will be targeting in tournaments tonight just in case they, they remember that he's on this team and he is, in fact, not hurt. What about uh, maybe going contrary with Deshaun Watson at 17,100 tonight? He's not playing well at all. You know, they're not running him or anything, but, you know, maybe this can make the difference between you and somebody else. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Watson tonight. I mean, does this. This offensive line of his really lets him a ton of the time, but the, the Miami Dolphins, you know, defensive line has been banged up all year long. They're 25th in pass rush, according to Pro Football Focus. So if there ever were a game where he should have more time to throw, this would be it. The question is, you know, who is he throwing to? I think Hopkins is going to have a heavy, heavy portion uh, of the target share, so you know he'll be throwing to him. And without Kiki Kate, I actually think Will Fuller is going to be quite involved as well. And then, you know, it's, it's where you're going from there. I mean, there was Tyler Irvin in the slot last week, but I think if we're just talking about Deshaun Watson, any game where his offensive line is going to protect him to a decent degree, that's the most you can ask with this offensive line. I think he's well in play. I think this is one of those nights. You mentioned Kenyon Drake. Uh, Drake was a jack-of-all-trades. They had him out in the slot. I would imagine there'll be a heavy volume for Kenyon Drake again tonight. Wouldn't there be? Yeah, and I think he protects best for the game flow. If you think this game is going to be one where Houston takes over and they're going to need to, to pass, I think Frank Gore kind of gets abandoned in that scenario, which makes Kenyon Drake the safer play here, uh, especially if looking at the Vegas line, the 7.5-point uh, favorites for Houston uh, since the last time I looked. I don't think that line has moved. But, yeah, so, so Kenyon Drake, a guy who can you know catch passes, they've felt better for whatever reason about running Frank Gore. I know Drake had an early season fumble that dissuaded them for a while, but I just think he fits the game flow better than Frank Gore. They're, they're not crazy price in terms of difference, uh, at least on drafting. FanDuel is a little bit more substantial. 8K for Frank Gore, 14K for Kenyon Drake. So there, it's a tougher decision, but on DraftKings, I think Drake's your guy. You know, we talked about kickers a little bit. Most fantasy owners don't pay attention to kickers in seasonal. I don't think anybody realizes that Jason Myers is the number one kicker in fantasy football. Kamai Fairbear is uh, third, and, you know, you get a good 10, 10, 11 points out of him every week, and then you only spend 5100 on him. Yeah, exactly. I actually really like that route. I mean, Drew, Drew and I talked about on the podcast last night which kicker we preferred because uh, I don't think we expect this to be a game where e either offense shows they're an offensive juggernaut. They will stall in the red zone. But I think as long as you're playing this team, especially on a site like DraftKings where you get the 100-yard bonuses for guys uh, like DeAndre Hopkins, you get the point per reception. Uh, when Lamar Miller catches passes, things like that, I, I mean, I think – 
they can still produce enough in a game like this to be viable and not score touchdowns, you know, every single time in the red zone. And I just feel more confident about their offense moving the ball. So I'm more likely to go with Fairbairn than Sanders, even though Sanders hasn't been uh, too bad himself. And you do think the Dolphins offense will stall. Um, but yeah, you mentioned Fairbairn has been excellent lately. We've got him projected for about nine fantasy points compared to Sanders. That's got somewhat to do with the total, but I just think he's the better kicker too. Ricky Sanders uh, with us, DailyRoto.com. And don't forget to check out the DailyRoto.com. You can uh, get a, a discount. Use promo code FNTSY. Uh, you're putting yourself at a competitive disadvantage if you're not using these uh, tools. And, of course, if you're betting on sports, DailyRoto.com uh, now has algorithms and predictions and projections um, for every National Football League uh, game. They're crushing it uh, with the NFL totals. All right, Ricky, so for our remaining moments, let's shift gears over to the National Basketball Association uh, tonight. What's your excitement level for tonight's NBA DFS card? Yeah, I definitely like it. I mean, there are some way, different ways to look at it than the way Vegas is looking at it. I mean, Denver's defense has been excellent so far, and that game has the highest total of the night. So I think there are other places you can go, even though we definitely like LeBron James and JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee, by the way, has just been outstanding. An 11.3% block rate to this point. He's been incredible. He hit a three yesterday. His game has just expanded. Um, But there are some other spots I really like attacking, especially someone like Shetty Oseman tonight uh, on Cleveland, especially now Mm. with Kevin Love out and Larry Nance Jr. not starting. I think the offense may even partially run through Oseman, who's been a nice little surprise. He's almost 6,000 on DraftKings, but I think he's legitimately option 1A or 1B on this offense tonight. In a game against Detroit, which the line is increasing, but if they're going to make it a game, uh, it's up to nine points right now. If it's going to be a game at all, Oseman is going to have to be the guy for this team. And, I mean, with Tristan Thompson starting at center, there's just a lack of offense everywhere else. I really like Oseman, and I really like the slate as a whole, to be honest with you. Yeah, Oseman's getting the opportunity really building on what we saw last year. What do you think of Jonathan Isaac as a value play tonight? Yeah, I definitely like Jonathan Isaac. And if you're, you're talking about matchups here, uh, I think Aaron Gordon draws the matchup against Alfaru Camino, who, you know, if you go by defensive box plus minus, has been the best defender uh, on this Portland team for a while. We like Aaron Gordon. We have him for a ton of minutes. Uh, but I think Jonathan Isaac is the much better value of the two, to be honest with you. Uh, at 4,400, I mean, he's starting. It's kind of an unusual starting lineup because I think he's more of potentially a power forward by trade. But because the offense may have to funnel elsewhere, if Gordon is having issues, you look at Gordon last year, just a fantasy point per minute against Amino, which for him is not great. Uh, I do like Isaac, who we have projected in the upper 20s of minutes as well. And it's not really an easy value slate tonight, especially with no Larry Dance, who we thought was a shoe-in. Now he's the direct pivot at the exact same price on DraftKings. You mentioned, uh, so Denver, Denver and L.A. tonight, and Denver... Denver, one of my sleeper teams coming into the year. I thought Denver, like you mentioned, uh, we talked about Denver playing good basketball down the stretch last year. They're an extremely talented team. they got versatile players. Uh, Jokic is getting into the really expensive range uh, right now all the time. Uh, so what, what do you think about him tonight? Do you expect him to kill it, or is he too pricey for you? And, you know, the Lakers played last night. And you just mentioned it, Ricky. Denver's a better defensive team than people realize. And I think a lot of people are going to look at the, the, the Lakers' metrics and, oh, look at all their games. They're so high scoring. But it's back-to-back. And 
the Lakers aren't a young team. They've got a couple of young dudes. You got Ball, you got Kuzma, but you also have quite a few older guys. So where I'm going with this is Lance Stevenson lit it up last night, but does he light it up again tonight? And do you think some of these Laker players might go cold tonight because they played last night? I don't know if it's necessarily because they played last night because especially for the starters, uh, you basically only got three quarters out of them. LeBron played 28 minutes, and Lance Stevenson got that whole final quarter, but even his minutes didn't end up out of control. So it wasn't a true back-to-back, or at least it isn't, because it yeah. wasn't a competitive game last night, especially when Devin Booker strained his hamstring like late in the third. The game was over. So they didn't really have to push anyone. So I'm not too concerned in that aspect. Uh, but I am concerned that this Denver defense is good. So that's what worries me more. Ricky Sanders gets some expert opinion, analysis, chats, columns, articles, optimizers, projections, best bets, and everything else in between over at DailyRoto.com. Great stuff, Ricky. Thanks for the time. Thanks for having me. Time always goes by too fast when we talk uh, DFS with the Daily Roto guys. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Game time decision, Freddie Rage Radio, lineup lock live, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks to uh, Ricky Sanders for joining us on the program. Great stuff uh, with Ricky. I'm just loading up the DailyRoto.com uh, prop tools right now. For some reason, I don't see a quarterback projections, uh, but we do have. Um, we do have some projections. I think they're, they're getting posted up as we speak uh, right now, usually yeah. up a little bit earlier in the day. Uh, Danny Amendola, listen, we we're talking, but they don't have a lot of wide receivers to throw to here tonight. So uh, yeah. looking at the projections uh, for the yards, Danny Amendola, the prop line is uh, 54 yards. They only have them projected for 47. I like to look at the discrepancies where I can find some value. Hakeem Grant, uh, so the sportsbook, Scott, have Hakeem Grant getting 39 uh, and a half yards. The Daily Roto projection has him at 46. What do you think about uh, Jakeem Grant uh, tonight? You think he has a nice game? Or at least good enough to go over 40 yards? You can never tell with this guy. It can, it can either be 111 yards or 13. So, you yeah. know, you're feeling gutsy. You take the over tonight. But, uh, you know, there's opportunity from there with, it, with Kenny Stills out to maybe be that big play guy. You know, I'm looking at the quarterback prop here, and one of the best bets of the year, Scott, has been quarterbacks to the over. They're passing yards to the over, the prop. So, like, even Eli Manning. You know, even Eli Manning threw for, what, 399 yards or something ridiculous the other night? You know, it's 400s like the new 300. And I said this earlier in the year, not to take anything away from Mahomes when he was putting those numbers up, but a lot of guys were throwing for 400 yards. I mean, last year it happened twice where a quarterback threw for five touchdowns. This year I think it's happened six times already. You know, like sort of like baseball, 
where the numbers change, the stats change. We're in a new era right now. So generally, pretty much every quarterback is throwing for like 300 yards. It's not a big deal anymore. It used to be a milestone. It's not a milestone anymore. Like 400 is a new 300. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I talk about it a lot, you know, in the morning show and Roto Experts in the morning with Dave Martinez. I believe that last year's Super Bowl was a uh, was a landmark turning point for this league because you don't have any defenses anymore, like say the Seahawks of a few years ago, that no, that Ravens, uh, yeah. teams are scared of, you know, to face that can shut people down. Jacksonville, you know, maybe it was a little overrated last year. They let up forty points twice. And now they've gotten exposed. There's no singular shutdown defense. We would say defense wins championships in the past, but uh, you know that's not the case anymore. When you look at last year's Super Bowl, and now it's turned into a league where it's just about who scores the most points. No, you're exactly right. And you know the higher rank defense does win the Super Bowl, so you got to get there. Like a good example is like, you know, you're right. The whole offense defense wins championships. Yeah. Defense doesn't get you to a championship. That's the problem. Once you're in a championship, you got to make a stop or two, but you're not going to get there if you don't score enough. And that's what it's come down to. Like a good example is like the Rams and the Chiefs. Last year's Super Bowl you know, wasn't about that. It was just how who no, scored who. Yeah, I know, but technically the Eagles had the higher-ranked defense. And the Eagles coming into the game actually did have a top-ten defense. The game turned into a track meet. It turned into a right. shootout. But the Eagles, stats-wise, they were a good defense. But, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, this year, like, people the other night, you know, what the hell's happened to the Cincinnati Bengal defense? I've heard that a lot about teams this year. Oh, my God, what happened to this team's defense? Uh, what happened to the Vikings? Good example. What happened to the Vikings' defense? They're not the same anymore. What happened, um, you know, to the, to the Vikings' defense? They're not the same anymore. I don't know. They are the same, but... They're playing in a league where it's a pass-happy game. You're playing in track meets. It's a shootouts. So I don't know if the defenses are just so much worse, but I, I do believe that the rule changes really have finally caught up where you mention it. You know, years ago, Seattle, you guys, your Seahawks, they were pretty much the first ones to, to just decide, you know what, if we just pass interfere on every play, they can't call it every play, right? So they jumped on board with that. Let's just Let's just, you know grab and and really you know let's let's play as dirty as not dirty but danger people but let's bend the rules as much as we can and we'll call it every play and they were also physical like you said now you can't touch anybody they call it offensive holding it's almost the seahawk rule they call that five yard or automatic first down defensive holding crap it's replaced pass interference number two you can't really drill anybody and hit anybody like, if you try to decapitate a wide receiver that goes up for, for a, a high ball, you're going to get a penalty, and you know it. Uh, look at the guy in the Chiefs a couple of weeks ago. He let Brady go. He said, I thought Brady threw the ball, and I didn't want to get a penalty. I would have taken him down, but I didn't know he had the ball anymore. And we're seeing quarterbacks, they're not living in fear. They also know, I might get tackled, I might get hit, but three years ago, I had to worry for my safety. I don't have to worry for my safety now. And it's finally caught up. The players don't want to get fined, dude. They're not playing as physical anymore up front, and they're admitting it. That, they we don't want to get penalties. We don't want to get fined. So I think, you know, the offenses just have so many liberties. And it's not that the defense suddenly suck or the defensive coordinators can't scheme. I think it's just a new league right now. It's a new sport. Yeah, it is. It's just it's, 
everything you said is is right on point. You know, and it just it's really you know they were talking about Jacksonville as like one of the next great defenses. You know, because they came from that Seattle shell, but you know they gave up forty points to the freaking Cowboys before they had Amari Cooper. Yeah, and the Jags. Yeah, the Jags were in a lot of shootouts. I mean, people talk about, uh, well, look at Jacksonville shredded Pittsburgh's defense. You know, Pittsburgh put up points on Jacksonville's defense too. It goes, it goes both ways. But ultimately, Scott, if you look at the Super Bowl game itself, it's uncanny. The team with the better, the team with the higher ranked defense has won like literally like forty six out of fifty three Super Bowls, fifty two Super Bowls, whatever it's been now. Yeah, but that that's an old stat. Last year's was just about. Who scored more? But I get your point, though. It's Philly got there through defense, but you know that game, yeah, no, I yeah, believe, became the turning point. Yeah, I believe. Uh, I believe that uh, we lost Gabe there for a minute. But what Gabe says, you know, is uh, is you know is very true. And going into tonight, Miami ranks twenty fifth in uh, in yards allowed per game. So you know, there's an opportunity. Like we were talking about Ricky Sanders here. Uh, we were talking like we were talking about with Ricky Sanders before, you know, for maybe Deshaun Watson to actually, uh, you know, do something offensively here. Although he hasn't really played well recently, but you, know, you got to like DeAndre Hopkins and maybe to uh, lesser extent Will Fuller tonight, as Miami's given up 222 passing yards per game. Houston's more in the middle; uh, they're ranked 16th against the pass in yards per game. Uh, yeah, but uh, you know, Miami's very good. I actually, uh, you know, I apologize. I actually flipped that wrong. Uh, you know, Miami does rank uh, eighth against the pass, so you know, not a good stat. But uh, Houston is still middle of the road there. Uh, I, I meant to say that uh, you know, with Deshaun Watson, it's more of a contrarian pick uh, if he'll do well tonight. But we, you know, with Miami. No, they played up uh, the, the defensive stats. That might be a little bit of mirage, though, because they're so bad against the run, and it just be my thing where you know they're funneling so much against the run. I mean, you saw what happened with Carryon Johnson last week, and uh, you know Carryon Johnson with a career game, over 150 rushing yards. So uh, maybe this is another opportunity for Lamar Miller here in a revenge game because Miami's just not good against the run. I mean, what are you going to yeah, do boy, Brock Osweiler tonight? Your boy, Corey Parson. I don't know what happened, too. I was just asking. I was like, I don't know what's going yeah, on. Scott changed you, yeah. Yeah, no, I got lost in cyberspace for a second there. But I was just going to say about the Chiefs and the Rams on a collision course, you know, like the Rams can make a stop. So, you know, like cosmetically, you look at the yardage the teams are giving up right now. It doesn't really mean anything. Can you come up with a stop? It's like Minnesota's defense. Yeah, they're giving up more yards than they used to. They're giving up more points, but can they get a stop when they have to? NFL games are like arena football league games now. You score, you score, you score. You gotta get a you get us to a stop or two. Look at that New England Kansas City game. You get a stop or two, boom, you win the football game. Um, so yeah, you mentioned Lamar Miller. Corey Parson had to eat it a little bit because he he just rips Lamar Miller on a daily basis. And I swear, I, I brought it up today. You like this angle. I said, you know, we should start a GoFundMe account and, um, you know, either, you know, donate money to Lamar Miller's charity or something. Like, tell him, listen, we have a charity event, foundation. And basically, you know, we bring Lamar Miller into the room. Lamar we just Miller play sucks foundation? Yeah, yeah. We, we play, like, just Corey saying Lamar Miller sucks, like, 82 times in a row. So last week he didn't suck, 
Maybe he won't again tonight. Like I said, this this it's a, this is a spot where the Texans should blow the, the Dolphins out. But from a betting standpoint, dude, they don't cover point spreads, uh, Scott. They don't. Like somehow Bill O'Brien and his conservative nature just handcuffs Deshaun Watson. Last year was almost an aberration. Like Sean, Deshaun does this despite the head coach, in my opinion, not because of Bill O'Brien. Yeah, it's uh, you know this team's very not very exciting on offense. It's Lamar Miller. It's one good game, you know. But Miami does rank, uh, you know, like I was talking about. Uh, you know, they're middle of the ground, the middle of the pack. 106.9 yards rushing allowed per game, but they've just sort of looked look worse recently. So it could be a good game for Miller, but when you when you start depending on certain guys, especially in fantasy, they burn you, and you know the track record. So I'm with Corey on Lamar Miller. It's like, you know, I made the mistake of getting sucked back into the Jared Cook vortex again, and it was the first time I had ever done it in, in my his entire playing career. I always said he was overrated. But then he had two big games early on, but he's done nothing since. You know who I got sucked into this year is uh, one one of the picks I regret is Amari Cooper, actually. <laughs> and, I, you know, I used to be an Amari Cooper guy. I've had him on teams for years, but I knew. I was off the bandwagon. I was off the wagon last year, too. But this year, I read it right, Scott. I was like, I told people, listen, the Raiders are going to be a bad team. People were buying all Gruden's there. I said, the Raiders are going to be playing from behind a lot this year. Like, for the situation, Amari Cooper should have put up numbers, shouldn't he? The Raiders have played from behind. Derek Carr's throwing the football a million times a game. You know, Amari Cooper still couldn't put numbers up. No, it's, it's, you know, Derek Carr hasn't played very well. But Amari Cooper, like, up until the season was dropping a lot of passes. But it's a good move for him. He's playing with a better quarterback. And he's going from a team where he was the number one focus of defensive attention to a team that has Ezekiel Elliott. That's a good, that is a good point. That there wasn't a lot for, for defenses to have to game plan for when you were playing the Raiders. Changed, and, you know, it's amazing that Amari Cooper's only 24. He feels older to me than 24 years old. But giving up that first-round pick was a little extreme, wouldn't you say? Yeah, but you know what, though? It's like, yeah, I heard Corey's, like, Homer rant. You know, the other day about thank God for Jerry Jones, which was, oh, which was very, very amusing because does Corey you, you think he's going to get hired by Jerry Jones? Does he think he's getting a job there? Maybe, because... but you know, thank God for Jimmy Johnson though, because the two of them when they were together were the perfect team. But ever since Jimmy left, you know, Jerry thinks that he could be that football guy. The team has won three playoff games in 22 plus years, and you know, this is the same guy. Like, okay, they did trade for Terrell Owens. But, you know, he also traded for Joey Galloway and Roy Williams. You know, he made this move out of desperation to admit, admit a mistake. He let Dez Bryant go, number one, and then he tried to form a committee. And then when Washington sold out against the run and totally buried Ezekiel Elliott, Jerry Jones was like, well, God damn it, I got to do something now. And he overpaid it. And Adam Rank's tweet became, became viral where he said, you know, giving up a first-round pick was like uh, – was like Buying a hundred, paying one hundred seventy nine dollars for a shirt that you could have got a Target for twelve dollars, and I believe you had a really amusing take on the situation as well. Yeah, I was. I look at it like you're buying a used car. <laughs> like basically, yeah. you bought you bought you a, car, a new car that, price, right? Yeah, yeah. So he's a first round pick in two thousand thirteen. You know what I mean? So now you're paying you're paying the same for a car. And my my analogy was like, look, the car looks good. Hey, it's in very good yeah. shape. You know, there's no real damage to this car. 
but I'll be honest with you, when, when we drive it, there's just something off, and the mechanic can't figure it out. But we, I want to you got to pay. Another thing, it's almost like Jerry Jones heard the Jake Glazer report that, you know, uh, Raiders want first-round pick. Raiders want first-round pick for Amari Cooper, and it's like he didn't negotiate. It's like he told Steven, his kid, you know, hey, why don't you just call him and give him that first-round pick there they're asking for. I mean, the Buffalo Bills threw it out there. They wanted a third and a fourth-round pick for LaShawn McCoy, but nobody did it. Um, yeah, it, to me, as you stated, you have Des Bryant already, and I know Des isn't great, but I'm not sure. I mean, I get it. You need a number At one wide receiver. At least he committed a defensive respect. Yeah, you could have drafted Calvin Ridley as well. I mean, you can go down the list of, of things that they could have done. But giving up that first-round pick, when you and I both know, they're not a playoff team this year. I mean, you, you know, part that's the one thing with Dallas, that they're Dallas fans. And, you know, Corey's the cheerleader for them, and it seems like a lot of Cowboy fans are. But it seems like Jerry Jones has always done this, in which he, over, he overestimates his talent. Like, he, he thinks he's like a fan. He thinks that they're better than they are all the time. Right. And to me... This is a year where, if you're Jerry Jones, you basically state, you know, privately to your son here, listen, you know, we're not, we're not a playoff caliber team. We don't have a hope in hell of competing with, with the Rams in the playoffs. Like, we're not winning a Super Bowl. This isn't, you know, let's just bite the bullet here. We'll be 8-8. Eight and eight. We might be able to win this division, you know, considering, you know, the way the division is. But we're not giving up a first-round pick. I mean, that's just insanity, especially when our first-round pick's going to be a good one. But as you stated, Jerry Jones thinks about the sizzle, not the steak. But it's caught up to him. Yeah, it's, you know, he's, he, 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 he should just own the team and, you know, keep, it, keep his nose out of football operations. Jerry went in the Hall of Fame, not for the player moves that he meant. That, that he made, you know, just for the ownership with Jimmy Johnson and also how he changed the games in terms of marketing and making money and stuff like that. Brilliant he's not business known as a, as a play. He's a businessman. He's, he's not a player personnel guy. But I, be, I believe, though, that he, he believes that they can win the division. The division is winnable if they turn things around because right now it's the NFC least. So that's why he made the move. It is, but I still think they're going to fall short. All right, so Brock Osweiler, Scott, his prop is 237.5 yards tonight. It's extremely low by modern NFL standards. Um, when he came in and he played the Bears, when he started against the Bears, he threw for 380 yards. 28 for 44, 380 yards, three touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh, last week against the Detroit Lions, uh, he was 22 of 31 for 239 yards, two touchdowns and no interceptions. So it's 227 and a half tonight. I don't, this game doesn't, it's not going to be a 31-28 game, or it might not be a 32-21 game, but we'll get Dangle's opinion on the other side. We'll throw the Fantasy Hall of Famer, I'll, uh, we'll throw somebody's props at him, over-unders, uh, all that and more. We'll get to my best bets of the day. We've got a full slate of college football tonight. NFL Football World Series tomorrow. Game time decisions, lineup block live continues. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, 
or download the Fancy Sports Radio Network app. The Fancy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fancy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fancy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Game time decisions, lineup block live. Red Heat and Rage Radio continues. I have Gabriel Morenci. Red Heat is out today. Scott Engel is in uh, for Cam Stewart. We're into the um, the stretch, and down the stretch they come uh, of this program. Ronis takes over at 7. Some good uh, fantasy football talk uh, coming up with Scout Radio and the crew. Uh, so, um, you know what? I just found this is why it's good, to actually, guys, to have multiple sports books and have different options uh, for the numbers because we were talking about Brock Osweiler uh, in the 237 and a half range. Uh, interestingly enough, I just found him at, uh, at a book for uh, 217 and a half yards. It's almost too good to be true, and when something's too good to be true in the betting world, it usually is. But what would you peg Osweiler at tonight as passing yards? Are you comfortable that he'll throw for more than 217 and a half passing yards? Yeah, middle of the road, uh you know, defense here in Houston. I don't think you'd have a lot of confidence, though, because, you know, Houston's defense has been playing really well, and I expect this game hit hit the under. This this is a bet that I would avoid, but if you had to push me, uh, I, I would, I'm going to take the under, actually. I think you know, he's, I look, he's not, really, a, under not a good quarterback who's due for regression. I could see him yeah. throwing for 185 yards, no touchdowns, and two interceptions. Yeah, and, you know, he I'm Deshaun... I'm looking at Deshaun Watson's numbers here, Scott. And, you know, against Indianapolis, 375 yards. Against Dallas, 375 yards. Against Buffalo, 177 yards. Against Jacksonville, last week, a 27 win, 139 yards only. You know, we were talking earlier about him not being able to get on a plane. How much do you think of this as health? I mean, I mean, his number tonight is in like the 280s or so. I'm not comfortable pulling the trigger here when I look at this. Houston want to play a controlled, you know. I look at Miami, and Miami's defense isn't very good. But I'm looking at these numbers with Watson here. 177 yards uh, two weeks ago, 139 only last week. Miami's a funnel defense. They'll give up a lot against the run. and You know, that'll, that'll help the passing game numbers. You know, first it was the fact that, you know, defenses were catching up to him, I think, on film. And, you know, not always surrendering the big play and trying to make him throw the high percentage pass more. And he took a while to adjust to that. When he finally did, he got hurt. So right now, I think it's all about health with him. Uh, One prop that I've had success with this year, uh, because of the pass-happy league that we're in right now, um, it's going to lead to more sacks. And, you know, next to Buffalo Bill quarterbacks, and I actually don't know how many times he was sacked last week. So normally I know these things off the top of my head. I'll look it up here. How many times Deshaun was sacked last week against Jacksonville? But... Uh, Houston's had a real hard time protecting him, Scott. I mean, he's been hit. Him and Luck get hit all the time. Uh, Deshaun Watson gets sacked a lot. He runs into sacks a lot uh, as well. You know, mobile quarterbacks, Tyrod Taylor is a good mobile quarterback, but he also gets sacked a lot because he'll run into a sack often, 
And then you got Brock Osweiler, who's uh, not exactly Mr. Mobility. I think we can get uh, – I think we need six sacks in the game. It's five and a half, but it's five and a half for a reason. I think we get to six sacks tonight, Scott. I think we certainly do when you look at that offensive line. But, you know, the thing about Watson, because of his health, you know, he's just not running well right now. Will he run? So he, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he he won't. I, I, I don't – He'll dump I don't think it they off. will. Yeah, yeah, but it's a good point. You know, JJ JJ Watt is is playing like JJ Watt. So, you know, Houston ranks third in the league with twenty six sacks right now. So they could uh, easily you know, have four or five sacks on their own tonight. Yeah, on their own. Miami's got fifteen sacks. They were like ranked eight in the league. So, you know, I like that prop. Yeah, over. Uh, what about Danny Amendola over four and a half catches? Thing with him is, will he stay on the field oh, yeah. to do it? <laughs> yeah, that's one I but, would yeah. definitely be going to the window with. Uh, he's got fourteen catches in his last two games. Yeah, Kenyon Drake over under forty three and a half uh, rushing yards. Uh, I, I, th- I, I think I think he get, he gets over forty three and a half. You know, Drake has actually been uh, after we all, uh, especially in the fantasy world, where wringing our hands about, you know, what a bust the guy turned out to be, which he certainly is, you know, now that we realize that Kenyon Drake's starting to turn thing around from an overall perspective, even though, uh, you know, there's not, there, there's, there's not a, anything of a floor there as well. So, you know, you look at uh, Houston runs defense, they're ranked 18th. They give up 113 rushing yards per game. It's a dangerous prop because you never know when Frank Gore is going to start lording things over him, you know, because they yeah. give him a nice farewell tour in Miami. But I would definitely go over 43 rush yards, although we've seen it before, though. He can end up with three. DeAndre Hopkins uh, tonight, his player prop is 99 and a half yards. That's what we call buying high, Scott, in the prop market. You know, it's sort of like betting. It's like taking uh, Antonio Brown in DFS. You know, you need him to, to really kill it, to make it worth it. Anytime you get like 100 yards when you're talking about a wide receiver, you're getting it's getting too pricey here. But I get it. The DailyRoto.com uh, projection and optimizer has DeAndre Hopkins projected for 101 yards uh, tonight. So there's not a lot of value there with him at 99, 99 the yards. But I'm fascinated by this guy. If you look... Now Deshaun Watson's a good quarterback, but he's you know he can't he's not even healthy enough to fly right now. So you know the numbers are a little skewed for Deshaun over the last couple of weeks. But you look at the subpar quarterback play that Hopkins has had in his career, yet the consistent numbers that he put up it really is amazing. Like I think DeAndre Hopkins is the best wide receiver in the NFL. Um, you, know, you got Julio Jones is great. I get it. There's some good wide receivers, but Adam Thielen. Yeah, Adam Thielen right now, you'd have to put it right up there as well. Because Thielen's consistent. That's that's what I look for. You know, you got your guys. A.J. Green's great. But, you know, A.J. Green will, you know, disappear sometimes. Um, Odell Beckham's great. And Odell Beckham, amazingly enough, the youngest wide receiver to get to 5,000 yards, the quickest guy to do it in 55 games only. And he hasn't had great quarterback play. But I'm just saying, like, on a weekly basis, dude, Hopkins scores a touchdown. He makes plays. He's double teamed. He gets subpar quarterback play. He doesn't really have talent around him yet. He still makes plays every week. It's it's unbelievable. That's why I think he's the best. If Hopkins is projected by Daily Roto at one hundred one, I have a lot of confidence in that, and he can do that against anybody. Miami's pass defense ranks eighth in yards per game at two hundred twenty-two allowed. Uh, I think that perception is that they're probably worse than that. Uh, they have given up fifteen passing touchdowns. 
you know, which is which is a very very high number and shows, uh, you know, how how uh, vulnerable they have been against the pass. So I, I could see doing that with DeAndre Hopkins. You mentioned some of the quarterbacks that he's played with, and he still put up good numbers. You could say he's probably the best wide receiver in the game. You can make a nice argument uh, for him or Antonio Brown. You know, I, I said preseason, I would not be surprised yeah. if he finishes as the number one wide receiver in fantasy. Right now, Thielen is the best so far this year. But when you're yes. talking historically, you know, it's not a conversation. It's really Hopkins versus Brown. And I, I listen, I'm a big Antonio Brown fan. He's such a dynamic player. But I wonder, is it is it a part of that system? Is you know, is there something about that Pittsburgh offensive system that he's 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 just part of it? Like if Antonio Brown isn't there and Schuster, you know, gets that role, does he put up massive numbers as well? You know, it's like no, Le'Veon it's not, Bell. Le'Veon Bell's really good, but it's not just so about, the, about, about the role. One you know, thing with Antonio. Brown is, to me, that I like about him is, you know, sort of the, the yards after the catch, the slot play, because a lot of these other guys that we're talking about are more like sort of more physical, straightforward, going down the field type wide receivers. You know, the thing that I like about Antonio Brown is just you can just throw him a screen pass. You can line him up on the outside. You can line him up on the inside. You can really move them around. And some of these other guys are just sort of outside guys. The thing about Antonio Brown, and to me, that makes sets him apart, and you just can't put anybody in that situation, is, you know, first off, opportunities always lead to production. I say it all the time. You know, Connor's yeah. done a nice job, but he's still not quite Le'Veon Bell. You know, he doesn't put up those type of receiving numbers. But with Antonio Brown, he changed the game. When he became a superstar... Everybody was talking about how you have to have a big wide receiver. And here comes a guy that I think, you know, he's under six feet, he's under 200 pounds, and he basically changed the entire scope of the wide receiver position in pro football. Yeah, I can't, uh, I can't disagree with that. And he's such a unique player. That's the thing with him. Like, there's, there's no one really like him. He um, can catch anything in the book. Yeah, there's no, really, there's no one really like him. So Will Fuller tonight... Will Fuller, the prop is 66 and a half yards, Scott. And to me, I, you know, it's, that's like, does he catch a bomb or not, right? Because, I don't know, is yep. the heavy volume's not going to be there. So is he going to make a big play or not? He's always capable of it. He's so freaking fast. He's just going to run straight down the field. He could get open, but I can't, I can't bet on that when I'm just sort of hoping that a guy catches one, one, one catch. Yeah, it's, he's boomer bust, but uh, it really depends on his health. And But the other problem is Deshaun Watson's health. Now, when, when Watson was healthy, I think he had a streak. I can't remember what it was, like 10 straight games that they connected for a touchdown pass. But right now, Watson, Watson can't throw deep because of the protection. And, you know, he's just not himself. So I probably wouldn't be taking the over on that with a lot of confidence. All right. So let's look at the um... – Let's a uh, quick look at uh, Sunday because uh, you and I won't speak uh, until then or before then. What, what uh, from? Yeah, yeah. From from a fantasy standpoint, uh, this week though, I haven't really jumped in. I sort of live, you know, day by day uh, with these with these games. But uh, what what do you make of the board uh, this week? Uh, who's you look at the games? You know, the stock games this week, the highest total of the board. You got that New Orleans-Minnesota game. I think there's going to be some points in that game. You have the Packers and Rams game uh, this week. Um, you got the Buccaneers and the Bengals. Um, 
You got the Chiefs and the Broncos. Quite a lot of games to uh, like stack uh, stack options for people this week. You know, it's interesting too. Uh, what I think is going to be maybe the lowest scoring of the game week game of the week is Seattle and Detroit, and I'm probably oh, yeah, taking yeah, yeah, the yeah, under we'll there. That game. I, I think it's a. It's around 44. Really? You think it's a lower-scoring game this game, huh? Yeah, I, I certainly do because on the one hand, you have Detroit now. You know, GM Bob Quinn is like his vow during the offseason was to make this team for more physical and balanced. You know, you don't see Matthew Stafford, you know, chucking up 50-50 balls anymore. It's just not that kind of team. Are you now a fantasy a believer in carry on Johnson now? Do you think they'll continue like – they got to give him the ball. When they give him the ball, he's productive. Do you think they'll continue to give him the ball? Are you buying in on Carryon Johnson now down the stretch? Well, the problem with Carryon Johnson is is that they're never going to, especially when Theo Riddick is healthy. Fantasy players wish for it, but they have to be happy with what they get. This is a guy that can make the most of every carry, but I don't think they're ever going to overwork him. So you'll have to take what you get and stop doing the C.J. Spiller thing where you're begging for more carries. But you're still going to get really good RB2 numbers from him, I think. But, you know, they want to slow the game down. they got Snacks Harrison to be more physical on defense. And nobody throws the ball less than Seattle. You know, they want to slow down this down too. And they get, don't look now, but they got the number two defense in the NFL right now. So, you know, this is a game that's going to be both teams wanting to be physical, slow the pace, etc. Russell Wilson's not about volume anymore. He's more about efficiency. He could throw for three touchdown passes on a low amount of attempts. Uh, what do you make of, of the Raider deal here? Um, so with Marshawn Lynch being out, forget about Amari Cooper. So now from a fantasy perspective, when you look at the Raiders right now, Jordy Nelson's been better than I thought he was going to be. So you have Jordy Nelson to throw the football to, but... What's the, you know, is there someone we should jump? Uh, you know, Rashad's been, uh, Rashad's getting a, a ton of, a ton of volume out of the backfield. Would you expect that to continue? What's the fantasy impact from the Raider perspective? Well, I think you have to take a, I think people took a flyer on Martavis Bryant during waivers. And when Gruden get rid of his guys, uh, you know, he brought in some of, some of his other guys. And uh, Bryant's one of his guys. I think this is a bad deal for Jordy Nelson because now he gets more defensive attention. And, you know, there wasn't much of a ceiling to begin with anyway. Even though he had the one big game in Miami, we haven't seen too much else yardage-wise. In the backfield, Doug Martin is another one of Gruden's guys that he brought in. And he'll be the lead ball carrier, but this team is going to get game-scripted too much. And then Jalen Richard is probably going to be the number one fantasy running back from a PPR perspective because this team's going to be playing from behind so much. That was the problem with Lynch. It's like, you know, he really had, like, his, his amount of work capped because they would fall behind, and he's just—he's not a pass catcher at all at this point of his career, and never really was like a highly, highly utilized receiver. Scott Engel in for the raging redhead Cam Stewart. So, uh, Scott, this is the time of the night when we give raging our picks. Bald head. Yeah, yeah, it's the bald, uh, the bald duo today. We got to come up with it. We'll, yes. we'll, I'll think of a name. So next time we're ready to go, we should have like a promo on, you know, just in case. Uh, ready to go, uh, but uh, <laughs> this this is where we bang. Oh, who knows? Maybe tomorrow. Actually, um, um, this is the time where we give our plays of the day. I won't put you on the spot and expect you know ho- hockey picks and and everything else in between. Uh, but um, what what are you looking at uh, here tonight? What do you think happens in this football game? Uh, I think there's going to be a low scoring game. You know, I'm I'm, I'm going to take the under here, forty four and a half, and. Uh, 
Yeah, I, 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 I think the Texans are not going to cover. You, you think the Dolphins covered the, the plus the seven somehow backdoor this? Yeah, I, I think I think they backdoor it, but they lose. You know, they're and then they are who I thought they were. You know, five hundred team. I made the joke that they were going to win the win their first three and lose their next five, but this is what I really expected a four. And four. <laughs> here they are, here, here they are doing exactly uh, exactly that. All right, you know what? I'm taking. I'm going to tease this game to the over. The Miami Dolphins plus fourteen and uh, tease to the over. I think we can get there if I get I get the plus seven points. So uh, over thirty eight. So I'm getting the Dolphins a plus fourteen and a half and over uh, thirty eight. I just played some props here, and I like these props that I just uh, put in. Let me uh, let me get them back. I got so many pages open and picks. I'm firing off ready to get the picks in. All right. Uh, we talked about that quarterback prop, uh, the sack. So, yeah, my prop for the game tonight, um, long field goal over 45 and a half yards as uh, we were talking about some good kickers in here and weather won't be a factor. Let's go Osweiler over the 217 and a half yards. Total sacks over five and a half and total field goals in the game over three and a half. I think there'll be a lot of field goals in this game tonight. So, yeah, I uh, think total field goals yeah, over three and a half. Three himself, yeah. Yeah, total sacks over five and a half. Osweiler over two seventeen and a half. Long field goal over forty five and a half. Uh, Dolphins and the over seven point teaser. College football. Baylor's going off the board in a minute here, guys. I didn't realize this game started at seven Eastern. So Baylor and West Virginia. Give me Baylor plus the fourteen. Give me uh, Baylor West Virginia over sixty seven. Uh, my top college football bet of the night will be uh, Virginia Tech minus the three. It's three and a half, but I'm going to bite a half a point to three. Uh, NBA basketball, I like the Denver Nuggets uh, tonight. And I'm going to throw some hockey on the board here, too. Uh, We heard Alex Smith talk about the first periods of uh, Boston, um, uh, Philadelphia games going over the number. They're in Boston here tonight. So let's go Boston and Philadelphia. First period over one and a half. And I think the Nashville Predators do beat the Devils. Great stuff, uh, Scott. Thanks for stepping up and in on short notice. Anytime, my friend. Scout Radio coming up next. We'll see you in the morning on Carton and Friends. Other than that, you're on your own. May the winners be yours.